The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode experienced technical difficulties in the recording process. Please excuse any sound issues. Hello, and welcome to Big Universe. I'm excited to be with you here today. I'm Jim Lefter. I'm a spiritual journeyman and media consultant type guy. Sarah Bone is usually here with me, but she is not able to make it, so I'm going solo, but that's okay, because I have my old friend with me today, Mae McCarthy. Hi, May. Hello, Jim. It's so awesome to have you on. You know, I am so grateful to be on. I, I, I just... I love hearing your voice. You're just filled with so much energy. And I just know that everybody that listens to this podcast is going to be blessed for sure. Oh, aren't you kind? Well, I know that you have, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was because of your incredible attitude and your advice and, and what you've done. I, I love your book. And well, let me, let me do the official introduction here for you. Um, May McCarthy has founded and grown six successful companies in a variety of industries and with over $100 million in annual revenue. She's also worked for Fortune 500 companies such as Johnson & Johnson and Boeing. She's passionate for entrepreneurship, an active angel investor, and an advisor to dozens of startup companies. She serves on boards for businesses, philanthropic arts, and nonprofit organizations, and May knows that her success is due to her partnership with the divine. May is the author of The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. Welcome to Big Universe, May. Thanks so much, Jim. And actually, that's seven companies now. I was going to ask about that because <laughs> that, that bio was a, a few years old and I knew that you were still very active. Yeah. And also, I wrote a second book called The Gratitude Formula. So, yeah, things have been hot and worked. So I wanted to start off just by asking you the question. You wrote The Path to Wealth. What does wealth mean to you? You know, I have an interesting definition of wealth that really fills my soul, and that is that you are whole and complete, lacking nothing in all areas of your life, not just your finances, but your relationships, your health, work that is fulfilling and satisfying, recognition, spirit connection. So being wealthy it means you're lacking nothing in every area of your life. Well, that sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I like it. I love being wealthy. <laughs> so it's not just financial wealth. It's in all these different aspects. Um, to, have, to go to the financial piece, do you have to have, do you have to start your own business to, to be wealthy? Can you be wealthy in other ways financially? Yes. Um, I know lots and lots of people. I mean, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll take one example. A friend of mine who works for another, what started doing was when COVID hit, he uh, went to live in his parents' barn while he was working another job. And so he had very few expenses. He gave up his apartment in Boston because he could work from home. So while he was trying to figure out what to do, he, he was still doing his job, but he was able to do it remotely. He was saving a whole bunch of money. He saved every penny that he possibly could. And within a year, he had a down payment for a rental property. He bought it. He got a manager. 
uh, that he pays 10% of the rent to. And the manager found him a uh, tenant. And the tenant pays an amount of money that's almost 40% more than his mortgage payment. So he's, he's cash flow positive on that. Well, he continued to save and save while he worked remotely. He was working in a lot of hours and he was able to save up enough money for a second unit. Would you? Yeah. So if you look at, see, well, he has now two properties. They're probably worth collectively maybe close to a million dollars. He has um, some money in the bank. He's he's renting an apartment again, but he's using his work income in order to have that. And he's found somebody that is uh, a very, very good friend who is able to loan him for short periods of, of time additional down payment money. So he just bought a 10-acre property with this Okay, the mobile home is a beater. Okay, I just want to point that out. But the mobile home is a beater, but he found somebody that would rent it for $1,200 a month if he just fixed it up a little bit. He's able to use the income to pay back, to pay not only his mortgage, but also pay back uh, scheduled payments for the down payment that he borrowed. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, so those two other properties, let's say, were worth a million. Now he's just added another like four hundred fifty thousand dollars to his balance sheet. So he he is worth a million dollars, but he's using other people's money in terms of rent to pay for all of that. Sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of a technical glitch there, but you were saying after she, after he bought the ten acre property, where was he situated? So he was worth at about almost a million and a half dollars. Wow. And all of the money that was income was paying for these properties. That's fantastic. You know, he's, he was working for somebody else and he is what just saved and he was very, very smart about his money. There are also people that are in the neighborhood where I live that um, have worked for oil and gas companies, have worked for airlines, have worked for all sorts of different companies as employees, and they were easily able to amass well. So I don't think it's it, it's reserved for people that just end up starting their own businesses. That's awesome. Well, I want to dive into, you know, the, the path to wealth and, uh, um, the daily practices, because this is really important. And um, the first, the first thing that you suggest is what read something that inspires you. And I'm wondering what what kind of things inspire you. What kind of books and and materials are inspiring you right now? Oh gosh, you know what i I had this intuitive hit about two months ago, and it was a course in miracles. Oh, okay. A Course in Miracles is something that is taught primarily in the Unity system, um, Unity Church's system. And, I mean, that's, I, I, the first time I even heard about it was probably in 1998. And a sister had taken me to a Unity Church for the first time. And they had that in their bulletin that A Course in Miracles was going to be taught. Well, I never did that. But I have taken so many unity and science of mind classes that are taught at Centers for Spiritual Living. I mean, I really have all the requirements to be a practitioner and um, probably even halfway to being a reverend in terms of the classes that I've taken. Right. And A Course in, a course in Miracles is something that usually is is taught early on when someone is searching for already or you know some sort of meaning and so i i got two books i gave one to my husband and i have one for myself 
and we decided to split the whole thing up into 365 days. Mm. So, so we started it about a month ago, and we just read, you know, the one lesson and the one exercise every day. And, and then we have great stuff to talk about throughout the day and at dinner. And, you know, um, the, the, the one line, which I know is both training at Unity and New Thought and also with um, Centers for Spiritual Living, I know that we are all part of one. We are a part of one mind. We are a part of one intelligence, one power, right? And 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 that spiritual power works through us. We all we all know that. Um, but it was put so succinctly that the body doesn't create anything. Mm. Only the mind can create. It can create, and it can miscreate. I have a very, very dear friend right now who just went through a huge health challenge and a health change. And this change um, now requires her to uh, use a colostomy bag as part of her um, daily life. Mm -hmm. That's a huge change. Sure. And I think about what that mind that the body doesn't create only the mind creates mm. and so i well over and over and over again and if that's true what was going on in her that enabled that to be created for her you know intestines to be so twisted up and her her bowel to be so twisted up what what was going on that in her mind that was creating that? Mm -hmm. And then I think about when I had cancer. Mm -hmm. If if my body can't create cancer, only my mind creates. What was going on in my body? In or I mean in melanoma in my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I really took some time to think about that. Yeah, And what I recognized was that I was tying myself up in stress um, in that, you know, period from my, my, actually my entire childhood and early adult life until I was diagnosed at, what, 34 years old with cancer. Um, and, and thank God I, I didn't die, but I... I was thinking about what was going on in my life, in particular, what was going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then my was this incredible anxiety to be perfect, mm. to to overachieve, right. to um, to not fail. Um, that the amount of stress that I put on myself. And that I, you know, smile and everything would be fine. But inside, I was so anxious, Jim. I was so, um, I felt worried all the time. And, and so I'd, I'd overwork and I'd, I'd, I'd overextend myself so that I could, I could do something and I could be the best at it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stress that kind of of anxiety will manifest in your body mm -hmm. yeah. and so i uh, i know that the mind is it the mind create the body cannot create i had just never heard it put that way right to be so impactful and we have to and if the mind is creating Every single one of our words that result from a thought are creating. Yeah. We have to be really, really, really conscious. Right. Right. Yeah. And so And so reading inspirational material like this sets a place for, for your process, for your day, in fact. Um, so there, there are a bunch of books that I recommend. 
certainly not the Course in Miracles. <laughs> but you asked me what I was reading. Sure. Hey, I appreciate that. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's one of like five different books. Uh, I have right now one of the things that I'm revisiting just because I have some friends that have some health issues is I'm reading uh, Louise Hay. Um, I think it's called Healing Your Life. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Something to that effect, yes. Yeah. And um, also, I love Catherine Ponder's The Dynamic Law of Prosperity. Mm-hmm. The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have uh, The Unity uh, Daily Word, The uh, Universal Foundation for Better Living, Daily Inspiration, mm-hmm. and then another little day version. The- they're they're marked by day. So today is June fifteenth. So the Daily Word has something, and UFBL has something, and then there's um, just some dog-eared pages in Catherine Ponder's book that that I'll just randomly choose something and reread it. And then there's some specific things in Louise Hayes' book that that I've been reading mainly because of, of the people in my life that that uh, are having some ailments. Right. And also it's a good reminder. So what those things do is they have they have some of a especially Honor and and uh, Florence Shin, they have short stories about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences mm-hmm. by using the spiritual tools that you and I use every day. You know, positive affirmations, um, denials when necessary, repetition in order to really program our subconscious and enable our intuition to show up and be helpful to us and point the way. So all of those books, um, Florence Scolishin has a cute little book. If somebody's picking up an inspirational book, the book called The Game of Life by Florence Scolishin. It's a very small, small book, but boy, is it packed with powerful, wonderful um, information. My mom gave me that when I was 18 years old, and um, it made a huge difference in my life. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. So you you talked to, you started a CSO meeting is what you talk about in the book. And what what is a CSO? <laughs> So I wanted to bring that all-knowing power of the universe. We'll call it spirit. Some people call it universe. I wanted to bring that intelligence into my company. And I knew that I had uh, very, very smart people that I surrounded myself with um, that were advising me. I have a chief financial officer that advises me on financial health of our company and and strategies and plans and things like that. A chief marketing officer, a chief operating officer, a chief technology officer that keeps us, you know, current and up to date in terms of what we provide our customers and use ourselves for technology. So I just at the all are more than all of these subject matter experts. And so I gave it a title and I called it the chief spiritual officer. I love it. I actually put it at the top of my organizational chart so that I, as the chief executive officer, the CEO, reported to the CSO. Now, do you actually put it on your chart? I mean, do other people see this chart? Every single employee. What do they What do they say? Does anybody ever balk about that? They all, no, they just ask, who's the CSO? Do we ever get to meet them? And I said, the CSO is a principal. Mm. And it's going to be... And we're making company. We're a tiny company and we're going up against three Fortune 20 companies in terms of competition, as well as two other major companies. But we're going to run circles around them and we are going to be market share leader. We're going to out customer service them. We're going to have solutions that you can't even think of today. All we need to do when we have an issue that or a challenge that shows up, we're going to think about and and be grateful for that challenge being replaced with an incredibly innovative and coming up 
customer, we're going to talk about and make statements about our customer being completely satisfied and delighted, so delighted with our service and our products that they tell all of their peers they should buy from us too. So they said, well, how do we do that? And I said, well, let's use uh, upset customer as an example. When your customer's upset and they're yelling at you, what do you want? And it said, well, I want them to stop. Uh-uh. Right. And I said, exactly. But what do you really want? Do you want them to be happy? Do you want them to be satisfied? Do you want to come up with their and then they're so happy that you came up with that solution? And of course, my employees said, sure. So I said, okay, so let's come up with some statements for that. When they're yelling at you, I want you to quietly say to yourself, I'm so grateful that we have an innovative solution to help this customer, to bless them, to, to help them do their job, to help them, their, them help their employees to do their jobs better, that our products and services are a breath of fresh air, mm. that they love those products and services. It's making their life easier and, um, and also improving patient safety. You know, those kinds of things. So they're like, okay. I said, Correct. and it's snowing and you're trying to get home and you're worried that the plane is going to turn around and go back to the gate. I want you to really quietly just say, thanks so much, CSO. I know that there can be a break in this storm and that we can get out. We're already on the runway. I know we can do that and I can get home to my family who will be so happy and all these other passengers will be so happy to get to their destination. I want you to do that for any challenge, anything that shows up. And then I want you to go one step further. Like how I want you to think about how, how could we serve our customers better? Start or coming up with ways, um, methods, uh, innovations, something to serve our customers better and serve our coworkers better and serve our, our uh, vendors better. Those kinds of things. So they started to do that. Mm, I love it. I love that approach. I mean, that's such a positive approach versus, you know, sometimes you get into companies and it's very cutthroat. We've got to beat the other guy. But that is sort of the opposite approach. You're actually wanting to help people and, and putting that forward as the main thing. Right, right. Well, we we also declared that there was more than, more than enough can you repeat that? We just cut that up. That just cut out. Um, there's, there was more than enough business for all of us. We really believed that, that we were going to continue to grow. We were going to continue to gain market share. But there was we were going to be in a position where there was more than enough business for all of us to thrive and prosper. Because if we're coming up with new innovation, new ways to do things, um, new ways to help and serve our customers, then you always want to sell to your own customers first because they already know and love you. We came a new innovation. Then we would go to them while we're simultaneously trying to get new customers, but, but our business would grow. So that was sort of our goal. And I asked my employees to contact me and let me know if they ever had something show up that made them believe that this CSO principle was operating in our company. And I see what, Jim, I got emails, I got text messages, I got all phone calls saying, I did what you said. And we then of idea and presented it to our customer and they were thrilled. And we were, we were able to not only solve that customer's issue, but we now had something new to offer all of our other customers and be able to increase our revenue and provide increased satisfaction for our customers. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. 
Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It was, it was really fun. And yes, that story about being on the, on the runway, on the tarmac on, during a snowstorm, one of my employees let me know that he did exactly what I asked him to do. And there was a little break in this plane to take off. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So a lot of this is in line with visualization, visual, visualization. Um, how do you, what's the process of visualization for you? How do you, how do you put forward exactly, you know, what you, what you want to create with your, with your thoughts and with your words? So I like imaging better than visualizing. Um, what does that mean? Imaging is, 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 is not static. Okay. Like if I make a, um, a vision board where picture were at the I do that at the beginning of the year and I show on this whiteboard all these different areas that I want and that I have desired outcome so uh, I might show myself uh, or show pictures of people doing yoga and playing golf and and um, really nutritional food so that's my my quadrant that that is all about health and then I might have, you know, some financial stuff and I might have some relationship stuff. So I have static pictures that uh, demonstrate outcomes like to have that year. And people call it different things. I call it a vision board or a gratitude board. Imaging is a movie of an outcome. Mm, okay. And a lot of U.S. athletes and U.S. Uh, um, Olympic U.S. Olympic coaches encourage their athletes to use imaging. So not only are they seeing themselves win, but they're hearing the crowd roar, and they're in the fence. It's a it, they they can. Feel the electricity in the auditorium, um, or or out on the track field, or or what have you. They it it's it's playing a movie mm. of the outcome that you desire. So I like I like imaging. It it makes me feel like it's a little bit more real. So in my daily practice, I read something inspirational. I write a gratitude letter to my CSO, or you can call it spirit, universe, all-knowing power of the universe, God, anyone. A thank you, a gratitude letter for the things that I have already and the things that I desire, but I word what I want as though I already have it. So that's really important. So let me ask you this: If you if you do that and you you word word it as if you already have it, are you if something doesn't happen in the time frame that you want or, or doesn't seem to follow that path, are, are you discouraged or what happens in that? How do you interpret that in your brain? Uh, some who discouraged and then they think one of two things. First of all, they think, oh, well, maybe that's just not the goal for me. Mm -hmm. Other people don't think that they're worthy mm. of receiving what it is. It's so such a giant goal that mm -hmm. they don't have the, the self-worth mm -hmm. or mental equivalence to, to even know that there's a possibility in achieving that. Mm -hmm. The in our brain, our brain loves us, and our brain wants to protect us. And so, if if the brain realizes that we don't truly believe that achieving a goal is possible, not the how, mm -hmm. but but that it's possible. Mm -hmm. then what it will do is put intuitive messages on mute mm. in order to protect us. Okay. So we won't get any leads from our intuition or the, or, you know, the CSO 
we won't get any or illumination from our subconscious because our brain really wants to protect us. It remembers all of the times that we had goals that we didn't achieve before and how disappointed we were. And it doesn't want us to go through that again. Now, the, the scientifically or physiologically, the what's going on in your brain is you have these neural pathways. And these neural pathways have been developed over a lifetime. Um, your beliefs, um, your um, emotional state, I mean, all sorts of stuff have been created over a lifetime. So for you to now have a new belief, let's say the most you've ever made is, is uh, you know, $50,000 a year. And you're now having a goal and thanking the CSO uh, to make a half a million dollars a year. Deep belief about money is that it could be scarce and half a million is a really tall order. I, 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 I don't even have the position that allows me to get that. I don't even know anybody that's making a half a million dollars a year. It's, it's, it's not... It's not even within a realm of possibility for me, but I'm using my CSO practice every morning and, and I'm feeling pretty fraudulent mm -hmm. about writing that down. But, but May said to write it down and I'll get it. Well, mm -hmm. no, you won't okay. because to be on par, you know, here's what you're asking for, but your beliefs are, are, are lower than that. And um, so what you need to do is change your beliefs to be on par with what you want. And that's not impossible. And that's the reason that I wrote the gratitude formula was to help people not give up on those bigger goals. And I'll give you a very, very short example if you'd like. Sure. So a woman that I know, she's a scientist, and but she also loves to sing and she has a beautiful voice. She took a quantum workshop. She right? I'm so grateful that I am a singer and I'm getting paid for it and I'm blessing and, and sharing my talents with audiences who really appreciate my talent and I'm just having a ball. This is so much fun. I love uh, singing and getting paid for it. Okay, so she's writing that out every day. Nothing's happening. So she called me up and she says, I'm going to give up on that goal um, because it's just not working for me. And God must not want me to be a singer. And I thought, wait a minute, first of all, can you sing? And she sang for me and she has a beautiful voice. About what was going on in her life when she was a kid? Did she sing then? And she says, yeah. In fact, even today, I mean, anytime we go karaoke, my friends are always telling me I need to be up there on the stage and sing. And I get invited to sing at weddings and all sorts of stuff, you know, for my friends. And I do that and uh, as my gift to them. And it's, it's wonderful. I just love it. And I said, so when you were growing up, did you ever think about being a professional singer? And she said, yeah. And my parents told me it was foolish. Mm -hmm. That was a very stupid idea mm -hmm. that professional singers could never make enough money and that to sing as a hobby, that would be just fine. But I needed to get a sensible education and have a sensible career and and earn a sensible living. Well, she's a scientist for a, a heart institute, you know, cancer heart and, mm -hmm. and a research scientist. And she loves it. So what I told her to do was keep up with her practice. But I needed her to go out and find people that were singing and getting paid. You know, maybe go to uh, a jazz club or go to some events where she meets singing and getting paid mm -hmm. and go up and ask them about their story. And many of them had second jobs. Mm -hmm. um, they just sang because they loved it and they got paid. She started to believe, wow, if they could do it, I could do it. 
it's not like I'm giving up my other job. They're, they've got other jobs. You know, this is, this is now becoming possible. So mm -hmm. her belief system started to rise. As soon as she got to a point where she really believed it was possible, and that happened at an event, she was asked by me to this fundraiser that they were putting on. And it was at this beautiful lakefront mansion. And they went, she went and she saw a trio in the corner and there was a woman singing. And she inched a little closer and she inched a little closer and she watched this woman. And all of a sudden she thought, I could be that woman. Mm. Bam. Her brain now believed that she thought it was possible. And her brain took the CSO and intuition off mute. Mm -hmm, interesting. Well, then what happened was to other events, and she said no, she was tired. Well, then another friend called about half an hour later and invited her to the same event. She said no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired this week. I'm not going to go. The next day, somebody else called and invited her to the same event, and she thought, uh-oh, the CSO is trying to give me a lead here. Right, right. So she agreed to go to the event. And while she was at this event at this community center, it was almost like there was a spotlight on this guy across the room. He weaved his way through the crowd, came right up to her, and said, huh, my name's so-and-so. What's your name? And so they started this conversation. And as she was asking him about himself, he remarked that he was charged with putting on this event for a community center where he lives and that he had a budget for entertainment. Right when he said that, her gut was screaming at her. Tell me singer. Tell me singer. <laughs> and so she blurts that out. I'm a singer. He goes, really? Could you come audition? She did, and she got her first paid event. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it's a matter of, it's not necessarily taking the big leap immediately, but taking perhaps smaller steps to raise your consciousness to be able to take get up to that uh, level is that is that right well that that's one way okay the other way is to um i call it uh first of all continue with your practice repetition reaps rewards the second thing is make what you want familiar and welcome so she had to go out and meet people that were doing Mm -hmm. what she wanted to do mm -hmm. and get familiar with their stories. Yeah. Did I not have a belief to become an author, Jim? Mm -hmm. I mean, I went to college and took English as a second language because I came from Hawaii and we just didn't have very good public school system. Mm -hmm. So I needed to, to be there. So I took English as a second language. Actually, it's because I left the SAT and I had a zero grade mm -hmm. for my English. The waves were really good that day. You know? <laughs> I had to go to the beach. Right. So when I got to college, that was an option, and I felt a call to take that class. And it was good that I did because there were three other kids from Hawaii in that class that really did help. Well, the help. Um, there were also a bunch of foreign kids in there too, and and they appreciated the help as well. But so going. I had to go meet other authors. I read stories about people that were hugely successful, like Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle sat on a bench and talked about what he believed. And, and then his, his audience grew and grew and grew, and he just started to recognize that he could become a, that people wanted his information. Mm -hmm. And then he got familiar with other authors and, of course, became the huge success that he is to. If they could do it, I could do it. You know, it, it, if they could do it, I could do it. And, and, and then miracles started to happen. Uh, doors opened. I got intuitive hits to go places, do things. And you can certainly read about that in the gratitude formula. Um, but it was it was pretty remarkable. So... You can take those small steps like you like you mentioned. You know, maybe in, if you've made $50,000, maybe your goal is $100,000. Mm -hmm. 
not five hundred thousand dollars. Or you can make what you want familiar and welcome so that you believe that it's at least possible. Mm. And remember, in this practice with the CSO, you decide what it is that you want, and the CSO illuminates the path or the how to get there. Then you either take a step or you ask for another lead. If you take a step, it might not be the completion of the goal. There might be more steps to take, but you're not allowed to do nothing anymore. Once you get a lead, a gut instinct, a thought, bites uh, air, uh, like the singer, um, that kind of thing. If you if you get leads, you either take a step or ask for another lead. So talking about signs, and you know you've you've done the visualization, you've done the the um, the images you've done the gratitude um uh, letter how do you know how does science come to you i mean what are what are ways that it could come to you how do you know you're getting a sign and you know not just making it up um sometimes i get like a really strong thought maybe even a picture of someone i know like my sister okay right so in that case what i would do is call my sister Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what goal is being worked on. It could be recreation because we like to share books. It could be um, health. Maybe she's inviting me on a hike. Uh, it could be relationships because we like to hang out together. Maybe she has something fun for us to do together. Um, uh, who knows? I don't know what goal is being worked on. I just know when I get a picture in my head, uh, or a th- thought, it doesn't take a whole lot to just pick up the phone and call her or text her saying, hey, I just thought about you. Were you thinking about me? Just don't know. Um, sometimes I get a gut instinct. Uh, when I was in a doctor's office and I had asked him to look at a little dot on my leg because my sister was concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he didn't think it was anything and I could go. And all of a sudden, my gut started hurting. Mm. So I said, you need to cut that off and have it diagnosed. And he barely got one stitch in. And uh, a week later, I had a malignant melanoma. Mm-hmm. I was level three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you get an, an idea that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I had a... Uh, a friend of mine who, after he had worked really, really hard to make what he wanted familiar and welcome, he wanted to be a successful realtor in the San Diego area. And after he did everything that the scientist singer did, he went around and talked to successful people. He did everything so that his belief system knew it was possible. He got this strong idea to go to service and corporations that were in the San Diego area and offer to put together, uh, offer to present a talk, a motivational talk for free um, on the relationship of business and surfing, you know, the the Mm risk-taking factors that business and surfing had in common. He used to compete in surfing years before, and he knew a lot of the great surfers and got permission to put videos into his presentation. So it was a really entertaining presentation for about an hour. He, he offered it for free and he was able to go and present at surf shops and also at uh, corporations. A lot of the corporations in San Diego have executives who surf. And, uh, and these executives buy really expensive homes. And guess who they could use for their real estate agent? Right, right. Awesome. Yeah. He he achieved his goals and way beyond. I mean, he's it, he's so successful now. It's it's pretty impressive. Before getting a realtor, um, and you know, be a barista at Starbucks or or Tully's or or any other coffee shop because he thought you know for as much time and energy as he was putting in for so few clients that were mistreating him, he thought this just isn't 
the job for me. Well, that's because he hadn't made it familiar and welcome. He hadn't changed his belief to possibility mm-hmm. that it was possible for him to be uh, uh, making over a million dollars a year as a realtor. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm, I feel like I'm asking this question for somebody in the audience, but what if what if you don't know what you want? or what's next for you. How do you how do you look for signs of what what that is? Do you just decide something that's interesting to you and take steps that way or what what would you suggest if you if you don't really know what it is you want to do next? Boy, um I happen to know that one intimately well <laughs> because it my background every time I'd sell a company, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Yeah. And so my my first um, the so meeting, you're you're expressing gratitude statements for what you have, the things you have, and you're also grateful for the things that you want. So what I would write in that section for the things that I want would include. I'm so grateful that I have a loving and happy home. Everyone that comes to my home feels. Um, instantly filled with God's peace, love, and joy. And they carry that feeling with them long after they leave. You know, I I would describe the things that I want to continue to happen Mm -hmm. with my home and my relationships. But in terms of my livelihood, I'm so grateful that I'm using my skills and talents in fulfilling and satisfying ways. And I am rewarded financially um, at a level that is um, beyond what anything I've ever experienced before. I'm so grateful that I'm able to bless others and be blessed. Awesome. Then people will show up in my path. I never, ever was the person in my companies that came up with the idea of the company. Mm-hmm. People would show up in my path that I could with create a business Mm. i knew how to create businesses i definitely have a high tolerance for risk um i don't mind putting my money into it um at one point you know it's i'm going to be 100 percent broke and in debt if this doesn't work (laughs) yeah yeah so i i i I, if i believe in something um i I, i'll go for it and i'll risk a lot Mm. but i wasn't the one that came up with the ideas ever. Mm. People showed up on my pathway, mm. and I like to believe that it's because the CSO allowed the, that it me to use my talents and skills in fulfilling and satisfying ways and be rewarded financially in in such a an amount that's greater than anything I'd experienced before. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we wrap it up here, I just wanted to ask, what's one final piece of advice that you'd give our listeners? Boy, um, fear, doubt, anger, unforgiveness, and any other emotion, uh, blame, all of those kinds of emotions block your good you will not achieve your goals if you are consumed with any of those emotions you will not hear any intuitive messages that guide you along your path to the things that you desire if if you are filled with those emotions you have to release those Mm-hmm. so that um, you can hear that still. Think about the last time you were really angry or fearful. Wasn't the that emotion and those thoughts just going around in your head like a record player? I mean, it's just going around and around and around and around. You're all consumed. If I came up to you at that same time, Jim, and I started to have a conversation with you, you would not be able to hear me. Because you're so consumed with all that other stuff. Right. 
Right. You have to release it. And and in both of my books, I talk about the final thing to do at the end of the day, and that is to release and give. Forgive. Give forth anything within you that is taking up room that could be replaced by the good that you're seeking. So I have a little mantra in the book, and it goes something like this. CSO... If there's anyone from my past or present, anyone at all, whether I remember them or not, that I need to forgive, I now do so. I love them, I bless them, I forgive them, and I release them into your care for you to do with in whatever way you think is best. And if there's anyone, anyone at all, whether to forgive me, including myself, they now do so, and we are all free. We are free to be one with you, free to be free, free to experience our higher and greater good at all times in all ways. Good night. I love you. And then I go to sleep. Mm. And I do that every single night in order to release anything within me that is taking up room that's not serving me. Mm. And that is now free to be filled with what I desire. So... That's my one thought, which was quite a long one thought. Awesome. No, it's awesome, May. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, sure. And I apologize for the technical difficulties. I, um, we just built a new house, and and I, maybe the wiring and connections aren't perfect yet, but uh, I'll pray about that. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, Jim. Check out May McCarthy's book, the path to wealth seven spiritual steps for financial abundance and what's the gratitude factor is that what's the name of the other book it's called the gratitude formula and there's some free videos if you go to maymccarthy.com there's a couple of free videos that talk about each of the book and can just and also uh, there's a section that you can request three free chapters of each book so you can test it out for free and see if you even like it. And they really are great books. Thank you, May. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll talk with you next time on Big Universe. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.